And good evening. This is the Tech Travel Geeks podcast, recorded on the evening of the 19th of August, 2018. I'm your host, the chief mobile opinionist at Tech Travel Geeks, Matteo. And sadly this evening, Lukash couldn't make it because he got lost on his way back from a stag do. Um, there is travel involved, so we look forward to hearing back from him next week, if he ever makes it back, about what happened in his travels during this stag do. But not to worry, we have another awesome guest for the Tech Travel Geeks podcast. This week, I'm joined by Greg Morris from the BYOD podcast. Hello, Greg. Hello. Now, Greg is a friend of mine from, and we've been on each other's podcast for quite a while now. We have, uh, yes. We, we worked together at Cool Smartphone for a while. Mm -hmm. And you're quite a traveler. You do a lot, do travel a lot for work, and yes. you have quite a, an interesting bag of stuff and a good <laughs> flow for for traveling with. So it was good. I thought it would be good to have you on to chat about that. So first of all, let's speak about you. Who is Greg Morris? Uh, it's it's me. I'm a blogger, I guess you would say. Um, I'm addicted to technology. Um, unfortunately, me and Matteo don't get on because I use iOS devices, and he constantly makes fun of some random Chinese phones that I've never even heard of, and he's bound to be using a doogie something or other this week. Um, I have been podcasting for, I don't know, like five years now or something ridiculous. Uh, we've been... Uh, on each other's podcasts uh, and all sorts of stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah, I travel a lot, although my traveling isn't as luxurious as yours, Matteo. I don't tend to visit um, ridiculously ridiculous amounts of different countries and stuff. I, I travel a lot for work, so mine's very much internal traveling. Um, I do around about 35,000 miles in my car a year. Wow, that, that's a lot. So uh, for listeners who operate in the metric system, that's well over 50,000, if I'm not mistaken. Times yeah, 1. what is it, like 1, 1. 1.6 to a mile? That should be around about it. Uh, but we'll leave that conversation for this week in mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of kilometers to be driving. Uh, obviously, driving is a very common form of travel in many Western markets. Mm -hmm. um, so you, tra you travel a lot for work. You drive a lot for work. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing what you would consider a, a rep, really. I've got like a fancy business title, which is like an executive sort of thing. But yeah, essentially, I look after um, a large network of individuals that sell my product. Um, and there's like 280 of them um, from... Uh, Inverness to Land's End, basically. So it's uh, it's, it's, a, it's a big old area to cover, um, hence why I spend what feels like half my life in the car. Exactly. So uh, what's the longest drive you've done in recent years? Uh, Without forward? stopping. Um, well, in one go is like sort of seven, seven and a half hours-ish. Wow. Um, as in intended uh, journey time. I, it, there's been longer times just because of volumes of traffic. Um, but yeah, that's the longest drive I've done from from my home in Lincolnshire to Inverness. So that that is a lot of driving. Yes, it is. And what's what's your preferred car, or what is your current car you use for, for my that? 
current car is a little bit limited by uh, my daughter um, because we uh, obviously she's got complex needs. She's uh, disabled for once. I don't know what the politically correct term is, <laughs> um, but I have to have a, like a, a larger car. So we've got a Ford C-Max and this is the fourth C-Max we've had. Um, the reason I chose the C-Max in the original place was because we needed a bigger car with a bigger boot, but the C-Max still drives like a normal car if you know what i mean so it, we, we tested things like the zephira and all sorts of things from other competing brands but they all um drove like boats in comparison really i'm sure they drive fine but the uh, the c-max is is a good compare like a good balance between the two so to, to give our listeners a bit of context the ford c-max is a, a people carrier uh which is built on top of the same drivetrain and platform of the ford mondeo or if you're yes. in the US, the Ford Fusion, uh, but it's a minivan or, or a people carrier built upon that platform. Mm. That's why, as Greg says, it drives like a normal car. Yes, it doesn't kind of roll about like normal sort of seven-seater cars. Um, it's got a nice big boot, and if I put the seats down, it's essentially like a van. So it can carry <laughs> a lot of stuff from Ikea or wherever I get sent to by the other half. That's very handy. And yes, and obviously full of all the usual modern comforts. Yes, it's got to be. Um, for, for spending that sort of ridiculous amounts of time in the car, you've got to go for a sort of top of the range um, thing with obviously sat nav and heated window screens and all that sort of stuff just to make life a little bit easier. Very good. And what is your favorite feature of the car? Uh, irrespective of what you plug into it to, to enhance it further. What's My the favorite feature of the car, the, the favorite feature of the car that's absolutely essential is aircon. Um, but I guess my favorite sort of technology based is um, weirdly my, my new one's got um, CarPlay and Android Auto. Um, and I really, really like Android Auto in comparison to CarPlay. So I would say that's probably my best, my favorite gadget. Very good. And what, what device do you sync to Android Auto? Uh, a BlackBerry Key 2. Very good. And how are you finding that? Very, very good. Uh, I had the original Key 1, um, and it's just like a workhorse. It, it's purely for business use, answering messages, making phone calls and answering emails. And it's just, it, like I say, a workhorse that is almost impossible to kill, I'm convinced. Very good. I'm still using my BlackBerry Key 1, uh, but have not been able to justify getting the BlackBerry Key 2. Mm. The higher price and there's not much extra functionality that i can see uh for the basic messaging uh necessities yes, they have it's, it's very expensive it's very expensive for what it is mm. so we'll need to see what is announced at ifa this year rumors have it that the blackberry key 2 le a light yep. version of the blackberry key 2 will be launched but for now i'm quite happy with the blackberry key one mm. So, so you have been using an Android device. That's very I have. interesting. Yes, okay. they, uh, I wanted a completely different device for business use, um, mainly so I could turn it off when I wasn't at work. Um, and I, I certainly wasn't spending sort of, um, well, getting like a an SE or something like that that was in that sort of price range, which um, probably did a lot more than I needed. So the BlackBerry, the, the original Key One was was ideal, really. Um, and then I upgraded to the key two just purely because I could for free. So why not? Very good. And the battery life is one of the main reasons. Yes. Good. And it's USB-C. So I, I, it's like one charger for the laptop and the phone. Excellent. And when you use your, your laptop charger for that, is that, uh, does it get treated as fast charge? 
Uh, I would presume so, yeah. It's, it's a MacBook Pro charger, so I would presume so, yeah. It, it certainly doesn't hang around. Good. <laughs> Excellent. And as you mentioned, uh, you're, you're the Apple guy. I'm the Android guy. We tease each other mercilessly whilst <laughs> secretly using each other's uh, preferred platforms yes, that's uh, in the it. background. Um, and so, so you prefer Android Auto to in in your do, car yeah. to to CarPlay. Uh, what do, do you do? Streaming of media, or do you listen to traditional radio? Uh, no, uh, I stopped listening to the radio quite a while ago when I discovered podcasts. Podcasts are like my thing. I consume a ridiculous amounts of podcasts um, whilst driving. Everything from obviously the Tech Travel Geeks podcast um, through to like conspiracy theories, Joe Rogan, uh, Aubrey Marcus look like a real wide range of stuff and and um i use pocket casts and that's the reason i think why android auto is so much better than carplay because it just inter- integrates seamlessly um and syncs between all my devices so it's great yeah i love it that's great pocket cast is also my preferred podcast client the tech travel geeks just the same as the byod podcast are both uh listed on pocket casts so if you have your device handy please subscribe to both the Tech Travel Geeks podcast and BYOD podcast. Indeed. We spent um, a ridiculous amount of time talking about Twitter yesterday, um, but we've also had some really cool guests. Russell Holly's been on. Um, we're in the process of tying down a few more, so, yeah, it's definitely worth a subscribe. Yes. Um, Russell Holly of uh, Android Central and VR Heads. And, of course, a- Mateo's been on. Yes, I, I've been a guest on on the BYOD <laughs> podcast. The, so BYOD podcast, what does BYOD stand for? Uh, both myself and uh, my, my co-host, Natty, are avid iOS users, but we didn't really, although we wanted to talk about Apple, we didn't really want to exclude everything because you usually get like iOS today or something that vaguely resembles um, iOS and it actually took a surprising amount of time to find a name that wasn't taken or taken like four years ago and they did six episodes and then stopped. Um, so we we settled on bring your own device because we're, we're kind of platform agnostic. Um, so you can bring whatever device you want to the table and we'll, we'll try and talk about it. Excellent. No, it's a great show. I, I'm, I'm subscribed and listen as often as I can. I'm currently falling a bit behind, but I will have some travel coming up soon, <laughs> so I'll have plenty of time to, of time to catch up. That's isn't it. It's it's travel, isn't it? That uh, podcasts uh, are the best thing for. Yes, even if you have no network connectivity, you download your podcasts beforehand. You can listen to them whilst traveling and having no connectivity. Yeah. it's a great form of both information and entertainment. Yeah, I agree. Great. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you you have your Ford C Max. Uh, does your one have the side sliding doors, or is it? It doesn't. No, that's the Grand C Max. I have the regular size one. Um, although the the sliding door would be would come in handy. Um, the size kind of increase, um, and the boot is actually smaller. Um, I think because there's two more seats folded into the floor of that one, so we went for the the regular size one. Regular one. Okay. And you you mentioned your your daughter has uh, special needs. She's yes. disabled. Uh, what what's her, what's her situation? What are her needs when it comes to travel? Um, pretty much a hundred percent help. Really, she she has complex needs. She has a, an underlying genetic condition which we are 
in the process of the good people at uh, Nottingham University sequencing both mine and my wife's genome, which is like cutting-edge technology, I guess. Wow. Um, and we suspect she's got a condition called Smith-Magenis syndrome, which basically affects all of her her movements and a lot of her communication issues. So she has a, a special car seat, which was somewhere in the region of £4,000, um, but hopefully should last her till she's 12 or 13 sort of time. Um, and obviously we need loads of room in the boot for a, for a wheelchair. And whenever we go on holiday, it's like taking nappies and food and all sorts of stuff. It's, it's stuff you don't even weigh up. Hence why we had to go for a bigger car. Although it doesn't seem like a lot of stuff. It, uh, you, you basically have to take a suitcase full of just equipment for the little. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. And so you, when you go on holiday, when you travel, you tend to do it in the car or do you use other forms of transport yeah we've we've flown we we generally only go abroad every two or three years because it's um takes a ridiculous amount of planning with phoning hotels and, and all sorts of stuff but um she's getting to the stage where she doesn't need as much assistance now so we're we're flying to spain in september um but yeah the vast majority of the time is is in the car it's in the car and are, are there any things you think that uh, make life easier yeah, from a technology standpoint for car um, travel? From a technology standpoint, it, for car travel, no, not really. I wouldn't say, although, I mean, obviously there's a, quite a lot of technology that's gone into both a car seat and a, and a chair. But um, for, the, for the regular person, no, not probably not no. traveling in the car. And how about traveling by plane? So you mentioned you've planned a, a vacation with, with the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you go through the the decision making process of choosing where to go and the accommodation how to get from the airport um, there a so lot forth. of research a lot of googling <laughs> a lot of telephone calls and emails um a lot of kind of feedback from other people that had been there um and generally it takes months of planning two or three months of planning before we book anything and it's a long old drawn out process of like uh, a list of a few and then you kind of dwindle them down and dwindle them down and then ultimately try and pick the best one and did you choose your the airline you're traveling with on on the we didn't get a choice of... unfortunately we're going thompson, so, thompson. What, what is it now tui um yes. so we don't get a choice last time it, it wasn't uh, a particularly great experience last time because um they they kind of messed up with lucy's wheelchair and didn't get it off for like an hour or so after the baggage and all sorts of stuff, but hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be fine this time. Yes, fingers crossed for you. You don't want to start off the holiday with that sort of way. <laughs> Definitely not. No. And uh, with with regards to hotels, uh, did you find the information you needed uh, easily, or was there a lot of double checking because you didn't really believe the the information you found? Online? Yeah, the, there's definitely a lot of double checking. Although I think. Definitely the information that's for accessibility is is a lot better on websites now. Um, certainly the, one of the reasons why we went with Thompson is because we've got a kind of at least a little bit of fallback because we can go to a high street shop and ask questions. And, and usually there's either somebody that's been there or somebody that's like knows somebody that's been there that can find out because I would presume all their holidays they get sent off to try hotels and stuff. But generally on the website, the stuff is getting much better. People are more aware of making people be able to use the website um, and listing relevant information. So, yeah, it's it's really, really good. Twitter is always a good form of 
uh, feedback and stuff. There's a lot of hashtags on Twitter that um, obviously people with disability and stuff use. Um, it's all you can usually find quite a lot of information on there. That's very good. And is there anything you'd like to see improved in that sort of technology or, or in the way that sort of information is distributed? I guess the problem is usually anything that's listed as disability specific, the price tag goes up. Um, if right. you go to kind of like disability focused travel people, they generally will charge you more. Um, it's just, there's a, there's a stark difference between people that put accessibility in because they have to, and people that are, are accessible because that's just the, the nice thing to do. And, and they're trying to make as many people be able to use the thing as possible. And it, it's it's nice to see a lot of people in technology working towards that. Um, there's a lot of people that develop apps now that obviously put accessibility front and center of stuff. Um, it, it gets a lot of stack, slack, but Twitter are doing things for alternative text and stuff in image and all sorts of stuff. So um, it's generally moving in the right direction, but I just don't want to see it slow down. Um, I don't want to go back to a stage where people kind of, not resent, resent's the wrong word, but they kind of do things because they're kind of forced to because EU regulations or, or whatever. I'd like to see people um, do things just because they want the most amount of people to access their their services and their um, equipment going, going forward. Yeah, do, essentially, don't do it because you have to. Do it yes. because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, do it because you want to. That's good. And that's a great way of approaching uh, the the creation of services and products. Yes. Um, and it, once you, you make it part of your definition of done, once you make it part of your standard making of a product, there's no hassle involved. It's just a tick box on an extra small task to make the make the product so yeah we, yeah we i completely agree with you there that's great and okay so you you're, you're going on a holiday soon uh th was it a package holiday or are you uh, buying flights separate from hotels no it's it's a package holiday in the end we've done we have done the whole buying hotels and stuff separately um and arranging transport and stuff but uh yeah too much stress so we we went with the whole package holiday and uh hopefully it'll it'll be good that's good. Well, have a good holiday. When is it? Uh, it's the end of September, the 18th, I think it is. Oh, great. So the day before I go on holiday. Ah, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I take it that week there will be either a recorded BYOD podcast or Tech Travel Geeks podcast. Yes. We haven't quite decided yet. There, there's usually two weeks of the year that we miss episodes, and that might be one of the weeks. Um, but we'll see. It, it might work. We pre-record stuff. We usually do 50 episodes a year, so there's usually two missing very good well i look forward to finding out on pocket casts my preferred <laughs> client uh so uh we've talked about travel and your particular needs let's talk about what's in your bag what do you usually take on the road um unfortunately uh with using ios devices one of these things uh, is is like customary now. It's it's what I call my dongle bag. <laughs> <laughs> so it's essentially a folder with dongles and cables. Yeah, but essentially, yeah, with loads of elastic things full of HDMI cables, USB-C interfaces, uh, card readers. Unfortunately, you still have to take micro USB chargers because the odd thing doesn't charge with USB-C or lightning or whatever. That's like my essential thing now. And that, that's like 
the ultimate first world problem, isn't it? That uh, my technology forces me to carry around a dongle bag. Yes. Um, it's not just your technology that forces you to do that. It depends on the volume of technology as well. Yes, true. So I, I tend to travel with quite a few devices, from my camera to my phones and further. So I have much the same as you, this folder with elastic straps to collect all your cables and keep them relatively tidy. Uh, my one has three pages. Yeah, you, you're, you're probably worse than me, but then you probably have like seven devices on you at one at any one time, and that's just probably mobile phones. Yes. Um, sure, surely like cargo pants are, are a necessity to you. Yes, I was just tidying my pile of cargo <laughs> pants today, and I was quite happy that I found a pair in, the color, in a color I don't usually wear. So, <laughs> <laughs> Is there a color you don't usually wear? Well, I'm usually still... a very black color. Uh, it was brown. Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely a dark yeah. color that you don't usually wear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's something that is part of an issue at the moment until wireless charging becomes truly yep. something that everyone just gives for granted. Yeah, it's. I mean, living the dongle life, as they say, is not as bad as people think. It just takes a bit of investment. I mean, USB-C cables are... Ten a penny now. I mean, you have to be a little bit restrictive of stuff you charge your phone with. Granted, because the, I mean, there was a massive issue which uh, the guy from Google wrote like a spreadsheet to check that you weren't charging your stuff with poor stuff. But I mean, you can you can get semi decent stuff off Amazon. You can't go wrong with like what is it, Showtech um, stuff. Yeah. I've got a lot of their cables and stuff, and you can pick them up for a few pounds. It's not as bad as people make out. You, you just kind of got to grit your teeth and dive in. The, the TrueTech power delivery and uh, quick charge chargers and cables are very good. I have a few of them myself. Mm. And I was quite impressed with that bright red cable that they have. Yes. Which is very good. I've, mm -hmm. I, I use that a lot. So, yeah. so in terms of actual devices, so you've got all the cables set up. What's your... What's so on a usual bag? day, I will be carrying around, obviously, my, my uh, Key 2... <laughs> And also uh, an iPad Pro. Uh, I've gone for the well. I've got the ten point five, which is a good kind of um, middle ground between the ridiculously huge one and uh, a tiny one. Um, so that's that's like my computer. I would say the the iPad is definitely what I work on um, for the annoying things that you can't do with an iPad. Um, I've got an iPad Pro for podcasting and all that sort of stuff, and I usually watch movies on it when I'm away. So, uh, yeah, I've I've got a bag full of iOS, well, Apple stuff. I've definitely got my Tim Cook badge. I think I own almost everything that they sell. <laughs> Very good. And you mentioned you take your movies on the go. What's your preferred video service? Uh, at the moment, it's Netflix. Uh, there's quite a lot that I've been watching on Netflix at the minute, but I have um, there's there's the occasional stuff that I have to sign up. Well, we, yeah, we are an Amazon Prime subscriber actually, but uh, things like The Man in the High Castle um, and all that sort of stuff on Amazon. So th this is the problem with cutting the cord, as they say. There's there's too much good stuff out there, but Netflix is definitely my go-to thing. There's usually something on there that I can delve into. Very good. And so Netflix, Amazon Prime, do you use iTunes or Apple Video for, for, for your content? I don't. I use Google Play Movies um, just because yeah. I have been doing for years when I used um, Android devices. And also at home, I have a Chromecast like stuck in every TV, so it's just easier to buy it from there. And usually a damn sight cheaper. 
Yes. Do you do you travel with a Chromecast? I don't. No. Um, several people have mentioned it to me, but the hotels that I usually stop in are ones where you have to sign into the Wi-Fi. And I know it's not impossible to do with a Chromecast, but I think it's a pain in the backside. Fair enough. Um, that's one of the one of the things that a lot of people have. Either the TV itself in the hotel rooms doesn't let you change the input, mm-hmm. or uh, the Wi-Fi is a, a hassle. Yes. Uh, so that's definitely something. We're, hopefully, the the technologists in the world will solve this problem for us. That's I hope so. Uh, the the good news is some hotels are actually taking things the other way. They've realised this is a problem. This is a need of travellers. And new hotel rooms are set up with either a dongle hanging out from the TV, so users, travelers can choose to to plug into those, or um, they actually have it built into the the overall room setup. Yes. I was staying in a nice hotel, I believe it was a a Sofitel in Dubai uh, earlier this year, and their media center was all plugged in. And the inputs for plugging your devices in to, co- to stream to the television were next to the bed. So right. you could be charging <laughs> your phone, holding the phone, doing something else, but streaming your video in the background to the TV, which yeah. is a great experience. Yeah, I usually, whilst traveling, stick to Premier Inns just because they're all the same. Because um, I've stopped in some terrible hotels booking through like last minute deals or whatever. Um, and they, all of the new ones with new rooms have an input at the bottom of the TV with like an HDMI and a, all sorts of stuff. So yeah, you can, you can get your stuff to it easily. It's just the Wi Fi. Excellent. And uh, in, in terms of, uh, hotels you mentioned you you stop at Premier Inn. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you th- do you find them consistent throughout the country? Yeah, pretty much. That's one of the reasons why I went with them and just kind of default to that because uh, I used to book through like hotels.com or whatever service it would be and you'd be like, oh yeah, that's nice and I've just stayed in some really terrible hotels. <laughs> so at least they're all the same. The, the, the rooms and stuff are pretty much all the same they've usually got a brewer's fair or a steakhouse or something next door where you can get something to eat so you can't really go wrong that's good and have you ever used airbnb for for your business travel i haven't i know you tried to talk it to me into last time i went to edinburgh um but i probably really should because the the wi-fi might actually work (laughs) if i did that i might actually be able to take a chromecast yes that's that's another good point Okay, so um, so that's what's in your bag and where where you travel. Where do you see technology making travel better in the next few years? What do you think a problem for related to travel is, and where do you see uh, technology companies stepping in to solve that? I guess the the only problem with the amount of driving that I do is that it's essentially wasted time. Um, I would guess the biggest revelation to my working life would be autonomous driving, would be the ability to actually work whilst I'm traveling to a place to be able to just go take me there and it be an, essentially a mobile office or I could watch TV or sleep or whatever it may be. I think that's going to be the biggest thing it, that would come. I mean, you can make your phone and your tablet and stuff as fast and whatever it would be. That would be a huge revelation to be actually be able to do stuff while I'm traveling. Cause, um, <laughs> like I drive up to Scotland and it's essentially five hours getting there, um, with getting nothing done. 
Um, and I'm not the greatest believer in talking on hands-free because it's, I mean, the, the, the roads, the, the amount of traffic on the roads now, it's, I just don't want to be distracted at all. That's very, very wise decision. That's good. And what what's your thing that is keeping you on the Apple ecosystem that you think that is handy whilst traveling? Um, the apps, I think. Um, that's the, the usual, that's the biggest thing. Um, I'm very much invested in workflow, which obviously will become shortcuts with iOS 12. Um, it, it does things for me like, uh, works out when I'm at a meeting, it'll work out the mileage that I've just driven and put it into a, a note for me. Um, it'll record meeting stuff. I have several workflows set up that will pull up a PDF for the, obviously the people that I'm seeing to just sign and scribble and then put it into an email for me to send straight away. That's one of the things that I'm kind of very much invested in. Um, there's quite a few apps that have come out for iOS devices like Agenda and all those sorts of things, which really help with meetings. And I think that's the biggest thing that keeps me using, certainly an iPad, um, for the type of work that I do. Excellent. And uh, do you use the Apple Wallet? I use Apple Pay, yes. Yeah. And what what advantages do you think those have? Do, do you use a loyalty scheme around your travels? Uh, only Costa. So only Costa. <laughs> yeah. That's a good start. So the, I'm sure there the, probably is loads. I'm a bit reluctant to give my details over to every single thing, um, but I can't go without my coffee. So, yeah, I've got my Costa card on my on my iOS device. So it's like if I forget my wallet, I've, I can always pay and at least claim my points as well. Very good. For, for listeners who don't know, Costa is a coffee chain in the UK, uh, similar to but different from Starbucks. Mm. Uh, it is a it is originally a UK uh, company set up by Italian immigrants, which is now part of Whitbread Group, which is yes. a big conglomerate in the UK. Mm. And their loyalty scheme is quite uh, addictive. They, they <laughs> make sure those free coffees and offers keep on coming. That's it, yeah. Good. So, obviously, driving and caffeine are important. Uh, do you drink alcohol? <laughs> I ask as he takes a swig of his Corona. <laughs> um, I, I do, but obviously not while I'm traveling. <laughs> That's good. Kids, don't drink and drive. That's not really a good thing to do. No, definitely it's not. Crazy. Don't do it. Um, but when you're stopped and you're in your hotel, nothing Nothing wrong with a, the odd beer or two, or a glass no, of wine. Definitely, just not. don't do it. <laughs> no. Have you ever tried one of these portable uh, breathalyzers that you can plug into your mobile devices? I haven't. Uh, my boss once threatened uh, somebody that works in my work with installing one in his car, um, but no, I haven't. I don't know how reliable they are. Yeah, I've never used one, but I was looking at uh, ones, as in I got a press release from a company that makes one, uh, saying how they're harnessing the latest Bluetooth 4.1, uh, and it's ultra-fast and efficient. Uh, I've never tested it, and that's not my area of expertise, but <laughs> it's interesting that this is getting uh, sold to us, or someone's trying to sell this to the technology industry by saying this is great. Just put Bluetooth in it. You can't and sell it to the tech geeks. It'll be fine. Uh, so in your quantified self, you can see what your your alcohol percentage in your bloodstream is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably is essential for uh, people still doing work in the 1980s. Yes. So speaking of quantified self, do you use any fitness tracking? Any other features? 
I certainly do because I spend ridiculous amounts of my time uh, sat down. I I kind of have to be active. Um, my fitness tracker of choice is, of course, an Apple Watch, um, which pesters me every ten minutes to the hour or whatever it is to stand up when I'm like in traffic. I'm like, no, go away, Apple Watch. Um, but it, it definitely does aid me on those days where I haven't done much and I've spent a lot of the time driving to kind of just go, come on, let's do something let's even walk around or go to the gym um i have a subscription to uh, a gym uh, more adverts to um called anytime fitness which has branches all over the uk so that's become invaluable to me um for the same price as a normal gym fee i can use them all around the uk so even when i'm traveling i can still pop into the uk and some very good ones in your neck of the woods Oh, very good. I, I haven't tried that uh, yet. I'm I'm subscribed to and use Pure Gym. Uh, pardon the pun, purely because it's in the actual building my office is in. Ah, right. So it's handy going in and out. Uh, they also have an option where you can subscribe. It's a more expensive subscription, but you can go to any Pure Gym in the UK hmm. for that flat fee, which would be useful. But I don't travel in the UK enough to justify that at the moment. Mm. Though I will yeah. be most likely coming to London frequently in the next few months. So, yep, invest in one of them. Yeah, yep. it's, it's you just get like a key fob, and obviously they, they sell it as you'd be able to go whenever you want to. There doesn't have to be staff there, but, uh, yeah, you, after the first month, you can use it in all of them, and they're popping up literally everywhere. There's usually one at least sort of within half an hour of everywhere I am. That's great. And what's so you use the Apple Watch as your fitness tracker? And yes. Do you what's your preferred way of consuming that data? Do you just use the Apple Fitness app, or do you use some other app? Yes, Apple Health. Uh, I have used Strava and all sorts of stuff in the past for uh, when I've been training for specific stuff, running a marathon or or whatever it may be. But yeah, I pretty much stick to Apple Health. Um, it graphs stuff pretty well and you can put ridiculous amounts of data into it like weight and um, mindfulness minutes and all sorts of stuff um, and obviously uh, it, it will give you reports and stuff um, based on how good or equally how bad you're being yeah and you mentioned mindful mindfulness and I know mm -hmm. you've been running the latest iOS Apple operating system beta uh, do you th have you used that feature where it tells you how many apps you've been using and what they're doing? Screen doing time, with? yes, I've been ex I've been experimenting with it, um, and it's probably made me use the device less because I've been embarrassed to share screenshots on on social media. <laughs> I know when it first kind of the beta's first drops, people were like, "This is how much stuff I'm using," and I kind of um, definitely did roll it back. It's a great thing to make people aware of how much they're using their device because it, it, it is an issue and I see it all around, especially when I'm traveling. I, I've I got into this habit of kind of like people watching. If I, if I don't know anybody, I'll just sit in the brewer's fair or whatever it is that's next door. And the amount of people that are buried in their device and not talking to each other is ridiculous. So anything that uh, Android or Apple can do to prod people in the right direction is great. That's a, that's an interesting area of, of discussion. Um, Sure, we'll, we'll be able to touch that another time. One of the podcasts I listened to uh, called This Week in Google on the Twitter mm -hmm. network, uh, that's often a subject of conversation when they're uh, not currently speaking about US politics. And uh, Jeff Jarvis uh, has a very good point. If 
you, there's two people sitting at a table in a restaurant and both are on their phones. Um, is that really an indication of them being rude to each other or that the conversation they're having online through their smartphone is better than the potential one they might be having at the table? Yeah, it's it's like a philosophical problem, isn't it? It's um, it's become more and more accepted to just pull your device out and just disappear down into a rabbit hole. And, and people say that the device makes us more social, but um, like you say, it, it can equally cut out the people that are around you. I see it all the time. It's actually, uh, if you actually look up from your device and have a look around, everybody else is doing exactly the same thing. Yes, and it's part of the changing social norms that we're going through at the moment. Yeah. This is a relatively new technology, what, less than 20 years old in mass use in, in Western society. We're still coming to grips with what the so new social norms are with these new paradigms of communication and socialization. Yeah, without a doubt. As Jeff Jarvis would say, it took us 100 years to realize the printing press could print more stuff than just the Bible. So we're, just, we're, we're like little toddlers with this device at the moment. Yes. And... Again, we're going to shout out to Jeff Jarvis here. Habermas, Chipotle, Glee, and Gutenberg. Uh, for, the, for those of you who play the drinking game, that's four or five drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, that's just a, a side job I have is running the, the Habermas, Chipotle, Glee, Gutenberg drinking game. In the oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, that's a very good point. Now, you talked about social. We, we've talked about social here. You uh, have, obviously, your personal website, gr36.com. Is that I correct? Do. Yes. And you're also, I, I see you on Twitter a lot. What's your stance on the web and social media? What, how, do you, how do you behave in the, those circles? It's only really been the last couple of years where I've been bothered about it. Not, but not bothered in the sense that uh, I'm going to, like get fired from being the director of guardians of the galaxy um just bothered in the fact that um i've invested a lot of time in social media and i've become more and more worried about where my stuff's going um and also sharing pictures of my kids um it's, i've just been thinking about it a lot more um i've become uh, a large user of a service called micro.blog um, which kind of puts the onus back onto you and kind of syndicates from your own website. Um, and m my stance on social media is still the same as what you what it has been. However, I, I do kind of think at least a couple of times about where I'm going to share stuff to now. Um, I very much, well, I got rid of Facebook quite a while ago um, just because of all the Cambridge Analytica stuff um, and... Twitter is going through a kind of a bit of a refort, well, well, a bit of a exodus at the minute, if you'd call it. Um, but uh, I guess you just have to be comfortable with what you're doing um, and weigh up the value of it. Yeah. So, uh, who who created Microblog? What is it? How does it work? Microblog. Um, I think it was a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo, one or the other, um, created by Manton Reese, who um, has been floating around doing things on the indie web for quite a while. It's it's kind of it's very techy and it's very creative, but it it's um, it's based on this. I don't. I think it's is it Posse or Posse or whatever it is, where you post once and you syndicate everywhere else, um, basically. So you, you're encouraged to post to your own website. 
Um, and then obviously through a JSON feed or an RSS feed, it posts into micro.blog, uh, a social network of, of sorts um, where you can get the interaction from. And if you do get replies and stuff to post, it appear on, you, on your own website as well. Um, it, it's kind of trying to take back a little bit control of where you're putting stuff. Um, Very good. So you own and host the data. It doesn't become... Yes. Yeah. That's good. And does it cost anything or is it free? It costs if you want them to host it because obviously you can have a, I don't know, a gr36.micro.blog website if you like um, but it doesn't cost anything to to post to there if you obviously do everything through your own blog um there's a few guys to walk you, you through it but it's it's i think it's fits in best with wordpress unfortunately okay uh, we might look into it there i'm sure there will be a, a squarespace solution obviously tech yes, travel geek without a doubt have uh, are hosted on squarespace we we love the service uh, so we'll, we'll look into that. It might be worth uh, setting that up. And if you're listening to the Tech Travel Geeks podcast and you would like to know more about, about micro.blog, uh, just go to the website, micro.blog. Yep. And you can also follow follow Greg and GR36. He does some very short and to-the-point uh, posts on his blog, which I'm sure go into micro.blog. Yes, they are. Yes, um, I, I've very much like posting all my pictures and stuff through there, um, so they kind of appear on Twitter and microblog and all that sort of stuff. Um, but just in case those services disappear, I've still got all that stuff on my own website. Excellent. Um, okay, so I think we've touched on all main points. Uh, is there anything you see being announced in the next few months that you think you will be buying? That some tech gadgets you think you'll be using whilst traveling around the UK? Difficult to say. Um, obviously, there's the the iPhone event in September, which looks set to have Macs and iPads and all sorts of stuff in it as well. Um, they'll be hard pushed to sell me a new phone because I'm already using the iPhone 10 or X, as you like to call it, Matteo. Yes, um, the iPhone X. Um, the iPhone X, as in E-X. <laughs> yes, E capital K-S. Uh, <laughs> this, this is a joke I'd better explain. Uh, so uh, Apple will just call the device without an article iPhone. And the X in iPhone X is supposed to be a 10, just like their operating system, Mac OS X is actually supposed to be pronounced Mac OS 10. Yes. And so the iPhone, to say the iPhone X is to ruin the whole image and uh, <laughs> posturing of Apple to say that they, their product is so good it doesn't need an article. No, it doesn't. You're right. Yes. So um, apologies if, if I offended any <laughs> Apple, Apple believers. <laughs> <laughs> I will just carry on using my dodgy doji smartphone. Uh, yes, or... that's right. Okay, so uh, we we chatted on the BYOD podcast about the doji S50 whilst I was writing the review to that. Did you yep. get a chance to see the Tech Travel Geeks video review of the doji S50? Was that the one that you put drone footage in just because... Um, yes, we, we tend to be doing that quite a lot at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the one where we, we, we filmed a lot of it at Stansted or St. Anstead uh, mm. because of a delayed flight. Uh, needless to say, we'll try and avoid 
St. Anstead as much as possible from now on. <laughs> yes. Good. Uh, so, Greg, where can people follow you, apart from on micro.blog? Uh, they can follow me on Twitter. I'm pretty much GR36 everywhere. They can follow me on Twitter. Um, they can go to gr36.com. Um, they can go to microblog slash gr36. Um, that's where you'll usually find me. Um, but yeah, I, I won't leave my beloved Twitter, I'm afraid. So that's the best place to find me. Very good. Are you still on Instagram? I am, but I don't really post there so much anymore. Um, I've just left my account there because I manage a few people's Instagram um, business accounts. So I kind of have, I need, I've got to have an account. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, and so gr36.com and Twitter at gr36 and BYOD podcast available on Pocket Casts, Apple Podcasts, and all good syndication services. Yes, if it doesn't come up, search for "Bring Your Own Device." Some some services do, some don't. Okay, that, that's great. Well, thank you for being on the Tech Travel Geeks podcast. You are very welcome. It's always a pleasure. This is a, a podcast which we record live on YouTube. So you can watch this episode unedited, unfiltered, uh, after the show as well. We'll leave that on our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to the Tech Travel Geeks podcast on YouTube, as and you can subscribe to the our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Pocket Casts, and all good syndication services. Uh, for this week, I think that's everything from us. Lukash will hopefully get back from this stag do after having had maybe one or two ciders more than expected. And we will speak to you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Good night. <laughs>